welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us again today. Appreciate your support. And again, just want to encourage you, subscribe so you get this podcast dropped to you every Friday morning. And also give us your reviews and ratings and all those sorts of things that help us to spread the word to more and more folks who can learn about this podcast and take advantage of all the things that we talk about and cover. And last week we had another interview, fascinating interview with Dr. Mark Rutland. So we're mixing in some interviews with various other topics. Sometimes, as you know, I like to stay in a particular theme like happiness or success or stress. Other times, I like to do these one-off ones on various things. And then sometimes I like to really hone in on uh, current stuff that's taking place and happening. And something happened recently that is just absolutely a fascinating story and one that when you dig a little deeper, there's a little hidden nugget, a little secret that is worth exploring in greater detail. And I'm talking about the amazing win of Phil Mickelson, who at 50 years old won the PGA Championship. That's the first time anyone that old, the record before had been 48. So he was the oldest person, is the oldest person ever to win a major golf championship which in and of itself is, you know, just absolutely a, a phenomenal achievement, an amazing win for the ages, if you would. But what makes it even more fascinating is how unlikely it was to happen in so many ways. And again, what really is the secret to his success? What's the key to his victory? That's what I want to unpack for you today, because... Whether you're young or not so young, the key is crucial to your own life and your own future and your own happiness and your own success. If you are a little on the older side of things, it's just a flat out encouragement to see things like Tom Brady win a Super Bowl at 43 and see somebody like Phil Mickelson win a major championship at 50 to show you that you know, it's not over till it's over and your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. So it's encouraging all the way around. But we really need to see this because it's just absolutely fascinating. I always like to dissect success and see wh what it's about, how it happened. And boy, we're going to do that today. And I think it's going to really, really help you be very, very helpful to you, enlightening, and the kind of insights that I think can really benefit you in, in many ways. But let me just set the table a little bit more about the unlikely nature of what was just going on in terms of Phil Mickelson. All right, so here's, here's where we need to begin. Phil had not in the entire season ever finished any tournament in the top 20. Not the top 10, which is generally how you talk about it, but you have to go even farther to the top 20. And the result of that is that he had slid all the way to be ranked number 115 in the world. And just to show you how major championships work, 99 
of the top 100 players in the world were in the PGA Championship. The majors bring all of the great players. Regular tournaments, guys will skip. They, you, will, you won't have a strong field or the strongest. You'll have a strong field. You won't have the strongest field. The majors bring out the strongest field. So here, 99 of the top 100, and guess who wasn't in the top 100? Phil Mickelson. Not there. Ranked 115. Winless the past two years. And frankly, when he won two years ago at Pebble Beach, people were amazed. They were surprised. They thought it was absolutely fantastic that he was able to win at that age. And, you know, like, just be happy. You've had a great career. You won 44 Tournaments, five majors, you just have had a phenomenal career. So that's it. End of story. And move on to the senior tour because he is eligible to play in the senior tour. And experts would say he's too old to win on the regular tour, uh, any tournament, let alone a major. Hadn't won a major in eight years. Eight years. And hadn't even contended in a major in five years. So... You know, what What was going on that could bring this result? I'm sure the Vegas odds makers had Phil Mickelson at some, re, you know, ridiculous odds because he just was not somebody that was supposed to win. And here, here kind of tops it all off for you. For the first time in his massive 30-year career, he was no longer eligible to play in the U.S. Open. Now, if you know his story, and if you don't, here it is. He's won five majors, and he, he had won a PGA and British Open Masters three times, but never had won the U.S. Open, though he holds the record for the most runner-up finishes. Six times he was runner-up, but never won the U.S. Open. One U.S. Open, he had it all but one, and just completely just uh, blew it on the last two holes with some very questionable decision-making about what he attempted to do. That'll go down in the books for sure. But, of course, what will go down in the books the most is going to be what he just was able to accomplish. He was not exempt from the U.S. Open. So he would have to play this qualifying tournament to get in. And then the PGA said, you know what, or, or maybe probably the USGA, the U.S. Golf Association, which has authority over the U.S. Open, PGA has over the PGA Championship and the PGA Tour, said, we are going to exempt, give uh, Phil an exemption. Now, originally, Phil said he wouldn't take it. He would not take an exemption. He would only play if he, if he could qualify for it. But here's what's fascinating. Guess what happens when you win the PGA Championship? <laughs> you have a five-year exemption for all the majors. So now Phil doesn't have to take the special exemption that is, say, unearned, though uh, an incredible career, you could argue, he'd earned it and worth it. But now he's just able to get in on his own because he won the PGA Championship. Just another fascinating part of the story. And then just to, you know, again, kind of just contextualize this a little bit more, in terms of what he was able to do. He's the first player in history to win a tournament 30 years apart. 
So he won his first tournament in 1981, and then he wins a major in 2000. Uh, it's, you know, it's just from 1991 to 2021, a 30-year period. Just an amazing accomplishment. First tournament, he actually won when he's an amateur, when he was still at Arizona State in 1991, and then 30 years later he wins a tournament. Also, one of one of uh, 10 players to win a major in, in three decades. So just some uh, amazing, amazing, amazing accomplishments, no matter how you slice it. So let's just kind of break down some of what he said after his victory that that gives you some insight, but really it's what he said about 10 days before that is the key to this whole thing. So here's what he said right after the victory. He said, this is just an incredible feeling because I believed it was possible, but everything was saying it wasn't. So he believed it was possible, but the results didn't show it. I mean, you haven't even had a top 20 the entire season. You're 115th in the world. There's nothing there that would say that it is possible, but he believed it was. Now, was that what the key was, his belief in himself? Certainly uh, important, no doubt about it. I'm not discounting it, but it's not the key. It's not the secret. It's not the secret sauce. Now, in an interview after his victory, he said it was his love of the game and his willingness to put in the work. Well, total keys to success as well. Belief is definitely one of them. Confidence, you have to have it. A love for what you're doing, you have to have that. And then a willingness to do the work, you know, hard work, just effort. There's no substitute for it. So these are all success principles, no doubt about it. Confidence, passion, love of the game, and effort. Confidence, passion, and effort. Are, are You hear me talk about it and go back and listen to previous episodes I've written about it. It's uh, Those are absolute principles for success. No doubt about it. Hugely significant and hugely important, but still not the key. All right. Here it is. 12 days before. This is what Phil tweets. This is a tweet he sent out. I failed many times in my life and career, and because of this, I've learned a lot. Instead of feeling defeated countless times, I've used it as fuel to drive me to work harder. So today, join me in accepting our failures. Let's use them to motivate us to work even harder. The secret is how we respond to failure. How we respond to failure. That is the secret. Because no matter who you are or what you do, failure is a part of life. We cannot always win. Losing is a reality. Even if you were to have, one of my sons had an undefeated season, for instance, in football. You can have an undefeated season, but you can't have undefeated forever. Everyone loses Everyone fails. The key is how 
do we handle failing? Phil knows how to respond to failure. And now he's achieved something no one else has ever done. So it's all about our response to failure. In my book, Turn Your Setbacks into Comebacks, I talk about this. In fact, it's in the first chapter. It's in, it's in the first chapter of the book. Because if you're, if you're going to have a comeback, the, the first thing you got to deal with is the setback and, and the failure. Chapter one of a comeback is believing that you can have a comeback. And that means you, you've got to look at your failure And by the way, how about if I just take a pause here and just want to remind you again, in less than a month, Saturday, June 26th in Atlanta, Georgia, huge event, live event, your comeback. One day, nine to five, Dr. Mark Rutland, who you heard from last week, talking about how to have an organizational comeback, professional comeback, business, ministry, church whatever you want to call it, come back. And I'll be speaking on how do you have an individual, a personal comeback. Six sessions. It's going to be an absolutely phenomenal event. Yourcomebackevent.com is the website where you can learn more and register. Yourcomebackevent.com. Just really encourage you, yourcomebackevent.com. You want to come to this event. It is going to just help you so much coming out of this pandemic, launching into a marvelous comeback. All right. So first thing that I always think about, I always talk about with failure is the fear of failure. In other words, before you even get into your failures, it's the fear of failure. The fear of failure paralyzes so many people. They never even attempt to pursue their dreams. The fear of failure can be more damaging than failure itself because the fear of failure keeps you from ever trying when in fact things may work out, but you'll never know because the fear of failure keeps you from even attempting. There are so many people that deal with this right from the start, the paralyzing fear of failure. You have to overcome that right from the start. Psychologists call it awfulizing. That's the term that they use. It means we inflate failure to such ridiculous proportions. We make it so terrible and so awful and so humiliating, so crushing, so embarrassing. So we blow it up and then it keeps us from moving forward to pursue our dream and take the risks necessary to do it. We've got to get past this fear of failure, this idea that, you know, it's not even worth attempting because the end result is just going to be so bad. The end result could be absolutely fantastic. But you'll never know that if you allow the fear of failure to paralyze you. If you if you awfulize, if you just go through and say, oh, it's going to be so embarrassing. I mean, so what? So what if it doesn't work? I'm, I am on my seventh startup right now, which is to say I have started seven different things in my life. And 
not all seven have been successful. Now, some of them have and very successful, but some of them not. Big deal. Big deal. No one remembers the things that didn't work. They know the things that I've done. They know the things that have been successful. You just have to be able to say, you know, I'm not going to allow the fear of failure. I mean, here's what it comes down to. Failure, it's not reaching your goal. That's not failure. It's, it's not setting a goal. That's failure. Failure is not fulfilling your dream. Failure is not even having a dream. Failure is not having a setback. You're going to. Failure is refusing to attempt to come back. So we have to get past, just right from the start, the fear of failure. So you say, oh man, what Mickelson did was so amazing, so incredible. And the fact of the matter is, it, it was, but you, you can do something amazing and successful in your life, whatever that is. Whatever your passion is, whatever your, again, whatever you have the passion for and are willing to put in the effort and work, you have to say, I'm not going to let the fear of failure that it might not work, keep me from attempting it. See, failure isn't final. Failure only becomes final when we become negative and we quit trying. Failure only becomes final if we let it become final. When we're not brave and courageous. But when we... Keep trying and keep risking and keep advancing. Guess what? We can have victory just like Mickelson. Same, same victory is victory. Just victory on a golf course, victory in business, victory in a relationship, victory in finances, victory in your health. All different types of victories, all different type of success. Failure is really just this, feedback. It's marvelous. It's marvelous. Educator. Failure shows us what doesn't work. There are so many successful people who failed their way into success, which is to say they tried this, they tried this, they tried that. Walt Disney had seven failures. But he learned, took the feedback from all those failures, and then he became a massive, gigantic success. I mean, who doesn't know the name Walt Disney? Everyone does. Anyone remember a seven failures? No. If you're honest, could you even say today as you're listening to this that you even knew he had seven failures? Probably not. All you know is the theme parks, the network, the massive success. Failure is feedback. It teaches us, don't do that again. There you go. There it is. Don't do that again. What's the classic definition of insanity? Doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. So what does failure do? Failure coaches us to do it a different way. It shows us what doesn't work and forces us to find new approaches. 
That's good. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Innovation. New ideas. Creative approaches. When you begin to see failure like this, you realize, yeah, failure is it's not a bad thing. Certainly not something to be afraid of. And again, as Mickelson said, I've been defeated countless times, but I've used it as fuel. I've used it as fuel. So join me in accepting failures. You know, sometimes we just need to fine tune or correct a little bit to be successful. It's not massive changes that have to be made. There's just some fine tuning, a little bit of correction. Now, sometimes it is massive and you got to start all over, but lots of times it's tweaking, it's tuning. Sometimes the idea is good, but the timing is off. In terms of God's plan for your life, or maybe classically called God's will, there's two aspects to it. There's two sides to the same coin called God's plan, God's will. One is what to do, and the other is when to do it. Maybe you know what to do, but the timing wasn't right. So you don't scrap the whole dream. You don't scrap the whole plan. You just have to get the timing right on it. And once you have the timing right, it will be successful. Line up the idea with the timing. And it'll work. It it will work for you. When you're able to just say, okay, that just wasn't the right time. And sometimes, you know, we think it's the right time, but it's not God's timing. So we just have to do that thing, you know, that four-letter word, that profanity, wait. Just have to wait. Just have to wait on the timing. And, you know, you may not want to do that. You may say, hey, Rick, I don't want to wait. I know. I understand. Believe me. I'm, I'm waiting right now on something. Something really important and big. And I'm just waiting and man, when is this going to happen? Just each each day, I don't even want to say each week, each day, but, you know, we get down here, we are Friday, and it's the end of another week, and still hasn't happened, and yeah, it's not fun. But you know what's even worse than that? Going ahead and doing it when the timing isn't right and having it fail. How about the blessings of failure? What could possibly be good about failure? Well, failure causes us to evaluate. Yeah. Nothing like, you know, there's nothing like a setback. There's nothing like a failure. There's nothing like a defeat to cause us to go inward and ask ourselves, you know, what what went wrong? What why did this not work? And or what is it that you know, I need to look at myself? What changes do I need to make? I mean, these are the sorts of things that ultimately lead to great success in our lives is when we're introspective. And you know, sometimes we just we're cruising along and things are going well and we don't Spend a lot of time reflecting and introspection is not really a part of what we do. And then bam, 
You have a failure, you have a defeat, you have a setback, and you know what? Makes you start thinking, and it opens you up to new directions. It it causes you to say, oh, okay, um, yeah, maybe maybe I, I need to uh, you know approach this differently. Maybe I need to see this from uh, another perspective. Well, that's that's good. That's that's very very good. I mean, those are benefits, and you know, essentially what it does is it it sets you up the setback is a setup for a comeback it sets you up for the comeback now that is a marvelous way to look at failure as a set up for the comeback that the setback is a setup for the comeback and when you can see it that way and really, what are we talking about here? We're talking about reframing failure, reframing it, seeing it differently. The picture is the picture. The failure is the failure. The setback is the setback. The defeat is the defeat. But a new frame. You ever reframe something, put a different, we're about to painting in our home, we're about to reframe it. And I'm going to tell you what, Paintings, and it's a reproduction of a Van Gogh. So it's not a Van Gogh, but it's a reproduction. But it's, it's a pretty good reproduction. It's, it's a pretty powerful painting. But I'm telling you, I just don't think the frame's right. I never thought it was right. You get that thing reframed, and I think it's going to pop even more. So you have to reframe the failure. Let's go back to Mickelson for a moment. Mickelson was able to... Look at the failures. Not one tournament in which he had a top 20. That is about as you know big a failure as you can have in, in, in golf in a season to just plummet out of the world rankings. Not even, you need to be in the top 50 for the majors. Oh, that's gone. Top 100? No, nah, you're not even in the top 100. I mean, this is just... It's not where you want to be. It's just absolutely not where you want to be. But that's where Mickelson found himself. Now, it wasn't that long ago, actually, a few weeks back, that he had a really good opening round. One good round. And people are like, whoa, Mickelson, is he, you know, is he back? And then then it went it went down from there and he didn't contend. And again, it didn't even end up in the top 20. But Mickelson was able to say, I am not a failure. I have won 43 tournaments in my life. I have won five majors. I'm one of the greatest golfers that ever lived. And I believe there's still more good golf in me. Now, he made some changes. He lost some weight. He started doing some meditation and visualization exercises. He did did things he needed to do, but the results weren't there. You, If you look at his swing, for instance, he still has a, a really an amazingly long swing in terms of getting vertical on, on and uh, horizontal on the, the backswing, which as you get older, trust me, it's a lot harder to be limber enough to do that. He's been able to continue to do that. So he believed he could win again. I mean, again, he said it. 
I believed it was possible. But the results weren't there. But he was not going to let the failure defeat him. And guess what? There it is. And he won. And he set a record in history. I mean, records. I mean, first one ever, oldest to ever win a major, first 50-year-old to ever win a major, first person to ever go 30 years between victories. I mean, things that have never been done before. And what I'm saying to you, friends, is, you know, whatever you're attempting to do in your life, you, you can do the same thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried before. It doesn't matter how many failures or defeats you've had or setbacks. You can, you can be successful. And it's all about how you look at failure. Reframe the failure. You are not a failure. You have failed. Failing becomes failure when we give up and quit. Up to that point, it's just we failed, but we're not a failure. And if you keep after it and just keep moving forward, don't let failure bring fear into your life. Use it as feedback. See the blessings that come from it. You can have victory in your life. You can have success in whatever you're trying to go after in your life. And I hope that you will because we're being inspired by somebody who's done it and tipped us off with a little of the secret sauce and a tweet before it ever even happened. Same thing can happen in your life. Failure's not final. You keep going after it. Keep taking, taking those risks and those chances and just see what can take place and happen in your life. And I know it'll be good. Have a great week. I'll see you next week on the Point of Impact podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode. 